Hello and welcome to Game of Moans, a podcast where we are re-watching Game of Thrones an episode at a time. I am Chris Bolton. With me as always, the mountain Mr. Mark Williams. Hello. And here we are, the end of another season. The end of season two, episode 10, Valamogalis. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I've been worrying how to pronounce this um, since this came up because you see it written down. How the fuck does it go? And it's then, t- it's, I know it's said different how I just said it in the yeah. show. But yeah. I was going to say, they, said, they say about 12 cunting times in the space of a minute. So, uh, Valamogalis. Yeah, I, 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 I don't know. Look, it's, it's a written it's a, down. It's made of language, isn't it? Yeah. Um, it's like fucking Klingon or Welsh. Yeah. Um, no way does that look like an ooh to me. Well, I think when it's actually written properly, um, it's got an umlaut over the U. Oh, uh, okay. It... Well, maybe then, yeah. Yeah. I, I don't care. Whatever. Either um, way, it's a fucking made up word, so who cares? Whenever I've seen it written down, I thought of it as Valamogalis. I've seen it written more than I've heard it spoken uh, because it's become another one of those phrases that's associated with the show. Yeah. Um, even though I don't think it's actually spoken all that much. No, I think it pops up like, no, but 50 times in this episode and then like once. When I, it's I, used I, properly. I think I only noticed it once in this episode, even. Um, no, there's, uh, there's there's the exchange between the two of them where you, know, you say say this, what this? No, not like that, like this. And then there's a back, back a bit of back and forth between them, and then and then he sort of you know he, he praises her for getting it right. She says she says it again, and he fucks off. Oh yeah, yeah. So that's that's the one instance I'm thinking of. It must have just been said quite a few times. Than, yeah, yeah. I, I, look, full full disclosure, I was not of my brightest and best watching this episode either. I watched it after a. Uh, a weekend away, which it did involve some alcohol consumption. Shocking. Some being a moderate way of saying <laughs> I drank a lot of beer and mead and anything else I could get my hands on. So I wasn't the most alert, um, but I was yeah, with it doing. So, you know, I, I sucked it up and, and watched this episode. Um, okay. So let, I guess let's, let's dive in. We'll do our season wrap up. Yeah, we're done here, I guess. Um, first thing for me, like this, this opening is oddly paced again. Yeah, uh, surely a flashback would be more kind of gripping here and more interesting rather than just opening with kind of Tyrion sort of laying on the bed and and us being told what's happened. Like, surely flashback and show us what happened. Show, show how he's getting sort of saved from the battle. If you like, let's let's wind back and track his journey that's far more interesting well yeah uh, i mean again it's this whole thing of show don't tell which this show fails yes. at miserably time miserably. Time. yeah miserably. the one thing that did strike me actually the the, the opening shot it's a, an extreme close-up on um Tyrion's eye hmm. and th- for some reason it's not it should be a very, very interesting shot but because of the coloration on it his eye looks practically the same color as his skin um and i don't know why that is i don't like to be the screen i was watching on, but it didn't so nothing nothing about that shot popped at all nothing made it stand out maybe oh fucking hell that's interesting and um, then they did it later on as well with stannis yeah I, I i don't know i just don't get why they did that there are a number of um what i would consider to be quite poorly shot images in this episode to be fair in stark contrast to last week's uh this being one of them they tend to be close-ups as well i'll point the other ones out as we go through um but yeah it just in general this opening was just a complete complete letdown after last week yeah um you know last week we kind of yes it ended oddly as well as we said it had a kind of oddly flat end yeah. But this there, then there's is no a, third act last week. Yeah, I, I, which is why you would expect it here, but there, yeah. there isn't one. Um, 
just weird storytelling choice, really. Um, Tyrion, yeah. incidentally, looks like the fucking elephant man with all of that bandages and stuff wrapped around yes. him. I don't know if that's intel if that's intended or not. Um, Probably, but, to be honest. Yeah. Um, and then, so we get this this recanting from from Tyrion, which, to be frank, is quite boring. Yeah. <laughs> he's got nothing to add, really. Um, then we find out he's no longer hand of the king. Yeah. Uh, and then we we sort of get the the entrance of Tywin, uh, which we are introduced to Tywin in this episode, uh, but for the course of this episode, um, via a close up of his horse shitting on the floor. Yes, in the throne room. Another one of those images that is just poor all around. This is a poor decision in poor taste. I don't yeah. need to see more shit. No. Why? I I I get that perhaps we're showing that he has disdain for this whole situation but in which case why the fuck is he even here because well, yeah, he doesn't that's have it. to be um and moreover who the fuck rides a horse indoors well exactly that just makes him look like a cunt i mean absolute cock one there, there's another scene um which must be later on and for some reason um i thought it was before this one because i, th- I thought there would be an interesting transition where you have the scene with theon uh, which comes uh, comes very shortly when my saloon's trying to convince him to run away and he transitioned from one horse's ass to another. I thought that would be quite nice, mm-hmm. but yeah, I, I mean, I, in my head, I confused, and I obviously thought that's. I thought that happened for that reason. There would have been a nice transition, but who the fuck am I kidding? That's no. not the way the show works. No, um, it's a bad transition. It's, I mean, subtlety clearly not Benioff and Weiss's forte. <laughs> I'm going to get to that later on as well. Yeah, uh, Jesus, it's horrible, 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 horrible. Um, other than that, the scene's not too bad. You know, Joffrey's just clearly in a good mood and playing opera you know you yeah. get a request and you get a request and you get a request just <laughs> giving people whatever the fuck they want yeah um you know and you get a title very... you get a castle you get a husband and, and even when he and uh cersei think they're being an absolute twats to sansa they're giving her exactly what she wants she's oh, free brilliant the, the the payoff to that is yes is brilliant but yeah we get that kind of twisting of the knife you know joffrey initially standing up for sansa as well yes. um I, you know that's that's the first time we've really seen him act with any kind of honor is standing up yeah for sansa here um but i mean it's quickly quickly revoked um yeah that's it. i mean I think the fact that the you know between cersei and um Pycelle, they both come in and say oh yeah as a small council we recommend this oh i mean i'm in league with the high Septon, and he agrees that because her father was a traitor and tried to kill you it's it's all null and void promises. I mean, I mean shit. The, I mean, talk about fucking convenient. Yeah, the reasoning from the small council here. I, I've written a note about it. it. Just fucking hell. It's so wordy. Yeah. Like there must have been a cleaner way to get that across. You know. I mean, to be fair, I don't think they really had to convince him. I think his character would have been fine um, yeah. if they either, just either let the him says. through instantly. You know. Um, yeah, that's it. I mean, it I feels think... like they're trying to justify their own writing here, and it's not needed. Yeah, like I don't know if that if that whole bit is in the book. I mean, I, obviously the, the sequence will be in the book somewhere, um, but I don't know whether those lines, whether that dialogue is is in the book or not. It feels like it could be because it does feel like very heavy-handed fantasy. But I don't know. Knowing these two and the fact no, the fact that they wrote it, um, it wouldn't be it wouldn't surprise me if they've tried to re- if they've taken half a scene and tried to recreate half half a chapter from the book and tried to recreate it a bit more filmically and just fallen on their asses. Yeah, it really does. Again, feel like they're just trying to write their way out of something. Much in the way we get these history lessons, yeah. in the, in, by way of expositions. This is like, well, this is how we're going to get that character to this decision. 
We're not going to do it intelligently. We're not going to do it on any kind of emotive level. We're just going to tell you. Here it yes. is, given to you like a case would be given to a court of law. Very wordy, very boring, yeah. and fucking awful, to be fair. Um, Sansa's reaction, though, as soon as she leaves yes. um, the, the throne room, it's just wonderful. Her immediate joy as soon as she's out of everyone's sight and earshot, and then her immediate hiding of it as well from yes. Littlefinger as soon as he shows up. Yeah, she um, turns it on. Like, yeah. She just turns on a diamond. She's she's back to it. She she's playing a role as much. She knows exactly what she's doing. And a little thing, of course, around this place is full of uh, full of liars, all better than you. Yeah, it's and... it's one of the best lines of the episode. I think actually, it's yes, it delivered is. well again. Once again, you know, with the right material, the this cast is is incredible. And Littlefinger particularly does swing with this. You know, poor material. And he really shows it up. But you yeah. you give him some good stuff and uh, it'll get knocked out of the park. Yeah, the, the line is, we're all liars here and every one of us is better than you. Yeah. Um, it's good. It's really good stuff. Delivered with just the right amount of matter-of-factness as well. Yeah. It's not There's no menace behind it. It is no. just literally, go home, little girl, is essentially yeah. what he's saying here. Yeah, that's it. One thing I didn't understand, right, and I think you may have covered it, the fact that you said earlier that Joffrey's in a good mood. Littlefinger makes a threat of him. Yeah. And he just completely lets him get away with it. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I think that's also part of kind of Littlefinger's appeal as a character, is he is able to to completely manipulate people um, in such a way that he does it without them even knowing. You know, yes, he made Joffrey look a twat, but Joffrey doesn't even realise it, I don't think. I, yeah, uh, I don't know. I mean, given that we had... I know it's a bit more blatant with the, uh, the minstrel who... Um... That's so who was singing the song about Cersei and uh, uh, Robert in the first season. Yeah, no, he had his tongue cut out or his fingers cut off, whatever it was. Um, I don't know that was more blatant, so he was, he was also going But it's a fairly obvious slight. It's, no, I'm going to make mm-hmm. you look stupid because clearly I haven't got any kids, so no, why would you say that, you bender? Um, and it's just, I don't know, it's one of those that in, you know, typically in Joffrey's character, he would have beheaded him for less than that. Yeah, but then, you know, we need Littlefinger to stick around, so they've well, yeah, forgotten about that and have people act out of character, don't they? So Yeah, true. Um just that's before we move show anyway, is that? What's that? That's nothing in this show, people. No, actually not. There's fucking minor infraction that Jesus. Um just before we move on, just to touch on the visuals again, so I want to move back to the throne room because I forgot to point out yeah. the giant fucking red gels that seem to be on every window. <laughs> That makes it look like the Imperial fucking throne room in a Star Wars film. Yes. Yeah, it does. Especially because you've got like the iron outlines of the windows yeah. and shit. Like the, it's like, just the, um, the lead in the stained glass. Again, subtlety, not this strong point. And then when we get to the next scene now between, I believe it's Tyrion and Shay that we're with. Yes. Um, yeah. Again, there's red gels on all the fucking windows. Like, what the hell is going on? Like, yeah, is I it don't know. about to smash into the earth or what? Like... I have no idea. It's bizarre. It really is. Completely unmotivated lighting. Makes no sense whatsoever. This is not art house cinema. This is Game of fucking Thrones. We're not on a space station, which is how Star Wars can get away with it. Like, there should be natural light coming through those windows. Well, yeah, exactly. Uh, Fuck knows. I mean, were we trying to be symbolic here? Like, there's blood or something? I don't know. Is this... I don't know. I, I don't... I don't quite know. I've, I'm at a point where I've given up trying to uh, to understand or justify the choices these fuckers have made. 
Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong, it does look cool. Um, and it, it certainly paints Joffrey in a in an evil light, but he's totally unmotivated. And if that's the case, then why is it there with Tyrion and Shay? Because they're not evil. Well, yeah, exactly. Weird. Um, Absolutely bizarre. Yeah. So we get that scene. Uh, then we're over to Jamie and Brienne. Um, uh, just good stuff once again, really. Yeah, now this is the scene that annoyed the fuck out of me. The scene itself was fine, but some of the dialogue... Oh, Again, some of the dialogue's horrible. It's, it's Frat House 101. It's yeah. uh, where uh, he's, no, he's sort of asking him whether she's a virgin and she doesn't answer. Oh, surely you know, some boys must have tried to get inside Brienne. So, uh, so some have tried. Oh, you know, you, 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 part of you wanted it. It's, it's this whole thing of, yeah, she, you know, yes, Your Honour, she wanted it. She was gagging for it. It doesn't matter that she said no. She wanted it. And it gets this, this whole culture and this whole attitude towards women, which it's, it's, it's more prevalent than I remember. And obviously, we've talked about this in, a lot this season. Um, but it's a lot more prevalent in the show than I, than I remember from my first watch. And when you start looking out for it, it's absolutely horrendous. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, it, this this sort of stuff just doesn't surprise me with the show ever. Now, well, you this, know, particularly knowing what we know now in, in the last few months. Um, yeah, it's just... Again, it's that unfortunate attitude towards where I think we've covered it so much now that I don't know what yeah. more we can say other than no, it's I, I just think, horrid. I mean, I'm I'm hoping I don't I don't remember, but I think from memory, I think it does sort of dial back after maybe next season. I'm pretty sure it does. So um, I mean, I think I, I mean, don't that, think it ever goes away though. No, but I think it becomes far less obvious and far and far less frequent. And I think that that's something that I'm hoping we'll pick up as we go through that as the show evolves and. I know some of the characters evolve because they don't change that much, but um, certainly as the the show matures and as, as the cast become more savvy, all of a sudden we get you now we're going to see that dying out a bit more. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I I agree. The dialogue is is bad, um, but the scene itself I think works quite well. We get to see Brienne just dish out some hot death, um, yeah. which is excellent. Like just completely eviscerates. Yeah. Some guys. Um, yeah. It's, good it's fine um we get to a scene between rob and cat as they're talking about his marriage which is some nice mirroring throwing back to what was happening with joffrey earlier on yeah. in the episode and just the difference in attitudes between the two houses again here um yeah. you know joffrey just throwing his marriage away on a whim yeah uh, with, without a worry and cat here with rob being like no you you absolutely can't do this you know no, you, 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 know, you made an oath follow through. you've made yeah. an oath you know you can't just change your mind um, so again, you know, see, we see that the Starks are honourable, yes. whereas the Lannisters just don't give a fuck, really. Well, yeah, there is that. Um, so yeah, it's a, it's a fine scene, you know. Again, yeah, I've got to, I've got to be honest though. It's great. Yeah, know? I mean, I've got to be honest. I it's been a couple of weeks since we did an episode with Cat, and like I like you have drunk quite a lot in that in that intervening period. I've been on all the, um, but I'd forgotten that she was under house arrest. Yes. So they're having this scene, this conversation, and it was only when he made the line, he, he said, um, oh, the, the one parent I have left is in, has, has no right to pass judgment or something like that. And I said, oh, fuck, yeah, I forgot she did that. Yeah, I, I'd forgotten entirely that she was under house arrest. And then he said that, and then he gets up and fucks off. And the two guards are by by the door, the entrance of the tent. I was like, oh, yeah. Just because the, the, the exchange between them, there's no hint of any sort of tension or animosity. It's we're having a conversation about something which she's telling me what I know I should be doing. But on the other hand, I'm not angry. I'm not resentful, which I probably would be in this situation. 
So I don't know. It's it it's, it was it seemed quite it seemed quite strange just because the situation they're in didn't seem to carry across on on screen. Yeah, I hadn't really thought of it to be honest. I did remember she was under house arrest, but I I hadn't really thought of it as odd just because it's it's mother and son talking about something that mother well, yeah. and son would talk about. But yes, absolutely, I suppose he would be annoyed with her, um, and that would maybe uh, I don't think it would necessarily. Yes, I don't think it would stop them having this conversation, but it would definitely colour it, wouldn't it? Yeah, exactly. Um, to, you know, to a point where he's like, "Well, no, what the fuck do you know? I'm going to do it because you're you're just a traitor anyway." You know, it's, it's this thing of well, you know, there's no there's no attempt to build on what happened last time between last time we saw these two, he was having her arrested effectively for betraying yeah. him, and now they're all buddy buddy again. Yeah, it's a bit weird. It is a bit weird. Now you say it. Um... But, you know, we just need the scene to get us where we need to go. Yeah, we, we do, um, and obviously it pays off later on. Yeah, um, in general, in I, I, think, I think I make this note later on somewhere, but this seems like a good point of touching it now. You know, this in general, this episode, much like the end of season one was as well, is yeah. just kind of a whistle-stop tour of here's where everyone's at now, yes. just before we close the season off. Yeah. Uh, it's like we we saw most of what's happening with the Lannisters last week because we had the whole episode. So they get them out of the way early. Yeah. And then they're like, right, and now we've got 30 seconds to spend with each character. So here you go. This is where they've ended the season. Yeah. And it all of a sudden... And it's the like end very much feels do, like that as well. Yes. And all of a sudden we have to do weeks and weeks of work that's been ignored yeah. in the space of sort of 30 seconds. And, of course, then we have to do that with dialogue, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, but there you go. So we cut back to Stannis, um, angry Stannis. Where's yeah. your god now? Really? Really? Yeah. That's the best we could do? Yeah, I know. It's quite um, it's quite a difficult one, isn't it? I mean, I don't... The, the, normally in, in the um, on the wiki page you get, so it tells you what chapters they've done, which you have in here as well. But it normally tells you where stuff has been added. Now, I don't know... I, there's nothing. There's no mention of this week, so I don't know if anything's been extended or added. But that seems like a Benioff and Weiss line. That doesn't seem like seem like a line that's come from the book. Oh, definitely not. Um, it's also an oft-quoted line. It is not original. Um, just oh, come on. Even I have to believe even Benioff and Weiss are better than that. That's exceptionally bad. Yeah, and... that's terrible. However, you know, I've I've knocked the visuals in, in this episode, but props to them for the reflection of the fire in Stannis' yes. eye and not actually yeah. showing us the flame itself. Um, that was nice, just allowing actors to act. As I've yeah. said before, you know, that sort of thing will, will always grab me and, and pull me in because the cast is capable of it and everything is conveyed beautifully on his face here. Yeah. Um, so I like that shot a great deal. Probably my favourite of the episode. Yeah, the, the shot was was brilliant, and so it, it's a, it was a very good contrast to um, when they did it with Tyrion right at the start, where so they had the close up of his eye, yeah. where it was just pointless and there was nothing there, nothing happened with it. Um, and I don't know whether it's sort of by coming out from that extreme close up to, to him dressed up as John Merrick, I don't know whether that's supposed to be for shock value, but you've had the same seeing him um, just straight on the bed anyway. Um, so I, I don't know. Whereas as you said, they've done it here really well, and like, this yeah. scene in general is shot pretty well. Oh, it um, is absolutely, yeah. And yeah, it just seems that they, you know, they, they screwed the pooch earlier on. And went, oh, kind of went back to it, and I, we, yeah, we can do better than that. But the dialogue is awful. And again, the, the, he's strangling her. He's no, you know, where's your god now? And what her line is in you, and that apparently yeah. makes him realize that he murdered his brother. What the fuck? Mm -hmm. like, now this, also, this, this, this entire scene, it's just, it's just 
we need to finish this off because she saw his victory and he didn't win. So now we need to do something with it. What do we do? How do we do it? How do we do it? How do we do it? Oh, fuck, we don't know. Oh, balls, just get on with it. It's fine. Yeah, I mean, this is also one of the first instances in this show where it seems to, you know, big up prophecy and things like that quite a lot. Yeah. Um, and, and even now she's saying, oh, my God's in you. My God's in you. She's talking horse shit. Yeah. But she doesn't know that she's talking horse shit. At least it's not played that way. So mm. what the hell is going on? Are we supposed to believe this or not? Is there a God or not? I don't know. What the hell is going on with these prophecies? Well, no, um, the problem is because we never... like We get to Daenerys later on and, and what she sees and how that works. But because we never see anything from you know, of, of any of the other prophecies or any of these hallucinations or visions, whatever the fuck you want to call them, it's very difficult to know where, where they're coming from. The only thing we've seen from her thus far is the Vag Monster. And that's the only thing that's actually been mystical so far. So the whole thing of the Lord of Light, we've not seen anything. The whole thing of prophecies or visions in flames, we've not seen. So all of a sudden, to jump to this, it seems very... Again, it's, just, it's far too convenient. It's just, it's just there to move things along without doing any actual work. Yeah, it's just... Yeah, odd. Took me out of the scene a bit as well, to be honest. But um, that was just a random thought I was having. It's not exclusive to this episode. No, that's um, true. So, yeah, that's about all I've got to say about the Stannis scene, really. I mean, moving on, we get to, I think, thus far in the show, uh, my favourite Theon scene. And certainly my favourite Theon line. I think he's, I think Theon's actually quite good in this episode. Yeah, I, I Shock do too. horror. Um, yeah. Um, I, yeah, I, I, I think this is the scene where um, this is first the first one the same with this one with Lewin. Yes, this is yeah. the first one. Yeah, yeah. Where, yeah, so, I mean, where it starts with "I swear I will kill that horn blowing cunt before I fall." <laughs> yes, great. Um, yeah, that was a spit take from me. Really yeah. well done. Like, it was good line. I mean, well it's delivered. the best. It's the best comic line, I think. Um, Definitely. Oh, one of those comic lines. I think Theon has a few in this episode, actually, which is quite a surprise. But then it's a very honest scene. I mean, we talked about a couple of weeks ago where he has a scene with Arta with um, his sister, whose name I can't fucking remember now, um, Yara. Um, and they have a very frank exchange, a very honest exchange about it, which kind of sums up their relationship, if, even if it did confuse the timeline a little bit. Um, this one, again, it's a, it's Theon being who he actually is, not the character mm-hmm. that, that he's trying to play. Yeah. And it works quite well. And I think that no, Lewin is a good foil for him because... He's obviously very wise. He's obviously very moral, but also he's practically brought Theon up with the others. He knows him. No, they know each other. You know, Theon knows he's a good man, and it works quite well. And he and it ends with Lewin saying, um, I, "You don't have to carry on. You, you can always. It's always time to stop pretending to play the to pretending to play the part." And Theon says, "What if I've come too far to stop?" And yeah. I, for me, that was absolutely brilliant. No, that that was a brilliant line and very it's- much unexpected. It's a very good scene. It might just be my favourite of the episode. Probably not, because we've got something later on that I like. Yeah. But um, it's a very good scene. It's certainly the best Theon's been. But just one other thing I want to touch on with it yeah. before before we move, move on. Um, aside from all the character stuff that we get with Theon, which I, I think I totally agree, you're absolutely right. It, it's nice to see the kind of layers of Theon being pulled back again. You know, We get yeah. Theon's undoing in these next couple of scenes, um, and it's it's actually handled quite well because they, they play his undoing off as quite comical, which yeah. because his setup has been so comical that that sort of nicely mirrors. But um, part of that, the first thing we get of him after I will kill that horn blowing cunt is he, he needs help. Um, and so he says to, 
to Lewin send more ravens, to which the response completely <laughs> deadpan is, you killed all the ravens. Yeah. And it's delivered so perfectly and it's so well paced and it's the start of his undoing here of like, we can't because you killed them, you yeah, fucking the, idiot. Yeah, this is your fault. Yeah. If you want it done, tough shit because you were stupid and did exactly what I told you not to do. Yeah, and I, I love it. I love Theon's undoing here. And and it, as I say, it's played very well by Alfie Allen as well. You know, the, the whole rousing speech that he gives to the troops outside is good as well. He's He's a cunt. But to be fair, he's we've seen him grow into a leader now. And this speech he's given, I think, is every bit as good as Tyrion's was last yeah. week. He's given a real good, strong, stirring speech. This is the best he's been as a character. And I'm just starting to get behind him. And then they pull the rug right out from under us. And it's great. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. They they totally shut him down. They do, um, and again, like the way they do it is you no. Know, um, they they they're talking. Oh, I thought he was never going to shut up. And, yeah, uh, Dagmar I get, says, I pissed myself. It was, it was a good, at that point. Yeah, it was it was a nice speech. I didn't want to interrupt. Yeah, and again, it's like, that's just no. You're not expecting it because I mean, as 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 a storyline, I've been kind of annoyed and bored with this one all the way through because it's just been pointless. Um, I know I know. Obviously, it's been building up to what what happens next with uh, with Theon, but. I've just been kind of numb. I've just been kind of numb, saying, right, when's this bit over? When I get to the next bit? When am I get to the next bit? Because I'm fucking bored. Um, and yeah, I was just numb, just starting to think, actually, no, there, there may be something, because the way, I, and again, watching it from, trying to watch it cold, having not seen this for a while, but obviously knowing where it goes, thinking, okay, like, I can just about, no, just about see people starting to get behind him. Oh, fuck no. Yeah, I, I thought it was great. Um, yeah. Right up until the end, this this scene, I think, is is masterfully done on on all counts and the one before it. I think this is great stuff. I think it's a great payoff to what's gone on the whole season as well. Yeah. Um. You know, we, we neatly sort of wrap up what Theon has, has accomplished in this season and set him up for what's happening next season by the men turning on him and stuff. But then we have to go just that step further because it's Game of Thrones and we have to have a shock death. Yes. Or at least what is apparently a shock death yeah um you know what as we'll as we'll see lewin sort of carries through to the end of the episode but there was just to me there's absolutely no need for it here no none at, at all. all none at all pure shock value um yeah no again it's it's, it's no it's quite annoying though there's i mean there's no there's no need it and i think the problem is that we've had more of lewin in the last couple of weeks since theon took winterfell than we've had throughout the show that's been of any of any value but again they, they hadn't really done enough to to make it be you no know, it, it's no it's not ned getting his head chopped off is it it's yeah. like oh okay he's dead then yeah, and, exactly and they, what, what impact does that have on the story who's avenging yeah. lewin no one well that's it i mean even even so if you if you'd look at this point we know that bran and um rickon and osher and um hodor are still there so even if even if one of them witnesses it, it gives it some weight. It gives it some point. Yes. And then the fact the fact that they then find him alive later on under the tree, that's even better. No, that's even better. But be, as I said, nobody sees it. So who the fuck cares? Yeah. Yep. Just total throwaway death. It's like it's almost like they didn't know how to end the scene and they didn't realise that actually they could have ended it on the whole I thought it was a good speech line. They could yeah. have ended it on a comic beat because it'd been comic up till that point anyway. Yeah, but, that's right. And I think the the biggest problem we find with well, not the biggest problem, but one of the problems we find with with Benioff and Weiss is that 
they don't necessarily know how to end the scene. They don't know how to how to cut and run. So that, rather than saying, "Okay, well we've done the, we've done what we need to do. We can move on to the next bit," they they feel like every scene has to have a definitive ending, even if yeah. it jars into the next scene. And it's the same thing with the start, as we've said many times. They they seem to be adamant that they will not just throw us into a scene. Everything has to have this long, slow, boring setup. Yes, yeah, it's the beginning, middle, and end of every scene. Yeah, which and you they, don't necessarily need it. No, absolutely not. It wouldn't be so bad if at least they could write the middle competently. Well, yeah, um, they can't even do that. So, anyway, anyway moving on. Yeah. Um, We'll spend another hour ragging on the writers. Yeah, back to Tyrion. Um, he's now powerless. Uh, and we yeah. get a nice exchange with, with Varys, where he says, yes. you know, the, the king won't give you any honours and history won't remember you. You know, it, it needed saying, essentially. You know, Tyrion is now an unsung hero, you know, which, yes. which if anything, is the measure of a hero. He didn't do it for honour. He didn't do it for recognition. Yeah. He did it because it needed doing. Yeah, and I think as well... the that, right thing. Yeah, and I think the thing as well is that, like... It kind of sets up who Tyrion is the entire show, is that people will never know his part in things, but he doesn't want them to. He doesn't need them to. He just needs them to be done, and he needs he needs to know that he's done what he can, and the people directly involved need to know that he's done what he can. Beyond that, he doesn't give two fucks. Um, yeah. And the, the entire closing sequence in season eight, um, it, it's entirely about that, and it kind of is you not... Know, we've laid the groundwork for Tyrion here and then we forget about it for fucking donkey's ears because things just keep going wrong around him. Um, and yeah, it's, it's one of those. And like, even to a point where the way it'll be framed is that he, his small force got outflanked by Stannis and had to be rescued by his father. That's what history will remember. The battle was won when Tywin and his lot came swooping in. And yeah. for, for everything that, that Tyrion did, you know, the, with the, the ship and the wildfire and you know, the, uh, the flanking and, and, uh, chopping the guy's leg off with the axe you know all of that gets forgotten about because tywin had to come and rescue him yeah and i think it's i think the biggest tragedy of Tyrion as a character is that he is he is never allowed to move on he is never allowed to develop and he's never allowed to be anything other than the imp and the figure of fun even when things you know when he when he does things very seriously and things go very right he is still there to be derided and to be uh to be chastised and he never he never gets past that unfortunately no or never, never that we see anywhere else. Things happen off screen that uh, at, at the end, which may dilute otherwise. But you know, we always see Tyrion as that. You know, he he's there, and you you know, however well things are going, something's going to go pear shaped, yeah. And he's going to end up on his ass or in hospital or whatever. Yeah, he's, he tends to end up being rescued from battles quite a lot, doesn't he? Yes. Um, but you know, nevertheless. Um... It needed saying, it needed laying out here, I think, in terms yeah. of this battle. And I think Varys is the right person to do it. Yeah. Um, we then get Shay sort of wanting to see his scar. Yeah. Um, and it is a badass scar. Yeah. Um, I mean, to be fair as well, it it would be so tempting. And I, I, I thought they were going to do it. Is that um, the, way, the way he's bandaged up, it's so fucking rough anyway. But you can see bits of blood poking through the bandage and stuff like that. And I thought it was going to slide off. And yeah. I, I remember thinking, yeah, that's what, if that's not really if that's not stuck on and doesn't hurt when it comes off, I'm going to be pissed off because that, again, that's just a lack of attention to detail. But to be fair, whether it was part of the glue that made the um, the prosthetic or not, I don't know. But it looked like it fucking hurt when she pulled the bandage off. Yes, yes, it did. Um, so that's good. You know, this scene then with Shay continues to be 
good uh yeah. you know you get the whole exchange with you know fuck your money um shay's great as i've said yeah. several and again, times the whole thing of calling out his bullshit where he's like no i should no, i should pay you double um oh i know i said oh no poor me i'm uh, i'm ugly now nobody loves me and, yeah. and again she, no, she just doesn't put up with it she's like i'm not here because of your money I, I was here because of your money that's what brought me to you in the first place but i've already told you time and time and time again i'm not interested in your money all i'm interested in is you to yeah. a point where I'll prove that. Let's just get a boat and fuck off. Yeah, she's she's great. She's and, great. Um, and it, and it's 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 him that wants to cling on. It's him that wants to stay. Yeah. There. Now, however, this is my problem with this scene. Um, I know he's just been through a reasonable, reasonably traumatic experience, and he's got his scar, and he's feeling particularly low. I get that, but this is so drastically at odds with the character that we've had for the last two seasons, you know, yes. the character who's searching for adventure, who's not afraid to poke a bear in Joffrey, who wants to piss off the wall. Yeah. And all of a sudden, he's he just wants to bitch. lock himself in a room in King's Landing. Yes, he's scared. The, and, does, yeah. it's, it's too much of an about face for me. Too, oh, it's too sharp. You know, I can understand yeah. how being in a, in a battle like this and picking the scarf, I can understand how that gets you there. I can understand how he could be shell-shocked even, but it just comes out of nowhere. We see no transition to that at all. No, nothing whatsoever. And even to the point where the fact that we, we, we brought it up last week and I asked the question about who attacked him because it looked like a gold cloak, and that's answered in this in this scene. But again, there's it's the sort of thing that Cersei would crow about Yeah. to a point where you'd expect her to be delivering the news herself. Yeah. And it's just again, it's just completely thrown away. It's like, oh, some one of the one of the city guard who's supposed to be working for Bronn tried to kill you, but yeah, there you go. Why? Yeah. Who, who is he? What's why? What's why he, did no, that happen? Yeah. How did what's that his happen? motivation? Yeah. Who sent him? What was the no? What was the point in that? Like, we know he's had his ups and downs with Cersei. We've we've seen that all the way through. But what makes this bit different to before? Yeah. And it just seems completely unmotivated. Yeah, it's, it's poor. From a character point of view, this scene is poor. I think there's some good stuff in here, as I say, but yeah, it really doesn't make sense to me at no. all. Um, so there's that. Then you know, we cut back to Rob wedding in secret. Um, yeah. All fine, but the scene just seems it's short and it just seems hollow. You know, it, it I, is, but also it doesn't. It feels like it. It interrupt. To me, it felt like it interrupted the flow of the episode. I I agree. It just feels like they've put it there because they think it needs to be there instead of putting it in the opening of next season. Well, yeah, and I think that I mean, if you think back to the end of season one, where at the end of the episode we kind of we we did all of our greatest hits tour, and then we kind of had a bit of we had a bit of John and a bit of Danny, and it was very drawn out, and it, it seems like it belonged in that bit. There was they didn't need the dialogue. You could acquire, you just shown them while other stuff is happening, while music is swelling, and you're going from shot, going yes. from storyline to storyline to storyline, just to just to bring things to an end. Have no, have the tying of hands and all the rest of it. Have that in silence, no, in and without dialogue, and carry on. You're exactly right. That is exactly how it should have been done. Uh, because actually, we don't see a payoff to this this episode anyway. No. So that is exactly what should have happened. Um, I can't believe how obvious that is. What a bunch of fucking idiots they are for not doing that. It, I don't know. To me, I mean, to me, it seems obvious. And it, it's like to me, it's, they made, they made the same mistake last season as well. They just got the pacing of the final episode completely off, um, and they, they just put things in the wrong order because they were trying so hard to to whistle stop everything we'd seen thus far and just to tie everything up so they can move on. They did a better job of it this year than last year, granted, but this scene just completely pulled me out. Yeah, me too. 
me too. Um, so we then get over to Danny, um, who in this episode at least is, I think, the best she's been all season. I this... liked, I liked the her part of this episode. I've got to be honest. Yeah, I think um, Carf finally pays off here. It's just taken far too long. For it us has to be, what, I mean, what they've accomplished, they could have accomplished in two or three episodes. Well, yeah, I mean, the, the thing is, from, from MacArthur's perspective, is that this story's done now. Yeah. By the end of this episode. But they're no further along, really, than they were. Oh, no, I, I've got a note about that later on. She's gone nowhere as a character this season, but Carth, at least, is a kind of MacGuffin for her to just get to this town and fight some baddies. Yeah, it's, I, it's fine, but we could have done that in. Yeah, we could instead of having episodes. the shit in the desert, the shit in the desert where they're all starving and all the rest of it. Uh, no, when we've got three episodes of that, they 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 come to the city and we have that, and by the midpoint of the season, we're done, and then they can move on to the next thing. It just yeah. didn't. Yeah, it, it's it's annoying, but I mean the the stuff in Carth itself, I thought was good. Great, um, the all whole, good. You the, know, we get we get lines like. Um, you know, there's no guards. The warlocks kill with sorcery, not steel. You know, it's good stuff. It's tense and it's foreboding. Yeah, and, like and it even, kind even of feels her, like, like it's men on a mission kind of stuff. Or yeah, and like women even, on a mission, is it? Yeah, even even Daenerys when um, when Jorah says that, no, uh, they, they kill with sorcery, not steel. Let them try again. She's like, fuck this. They've got my dragons. I'm going. Yeah. I'm going to fight. Yeah, it's it's men on a mission. It really is. Like we're going yeah. in there for the dragons, and it's exciting. It's it's good it, stuff. It is. And again, the whole thing where you know Jorah's following around the um the oblet, no, the tower or obelisk or whatever the fuck it is, and she just dips out of sight, and then all of a sudden he 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 rounds the he rounds the curve, and the Dothraki guys there, and Daenerys is nowhere to be seen. Only thing that blows it for me is that they start shouting Khaleesi from outside. She's inside. Yeah. And you can still hear them shouting. Now, surely the whole thing of it being you know, sensory deprivation and completely magical and the rest of it, cut off the noise from outside. Yeah, now that's a terror one bad. That's bad, yeah. But also, what then makes it worse is all of that good work that's been done is ruined with a simple line, are you afraid of a little girl? Yes, and again, this whole thing of... The you know, whole attitude towards women. Yeah, women are again. meek and you know, small and unimportant. And if you're any sort of man, you should beat me within an inch of my now, life. Look, here's the thing, okay? There is a way that that line is delivered that it absolutely empowers her and she owns it. For her to be screaming into the darkness when she's barely started as a character is not it. By the time we get to season five, six, and she's practically a fucking warlord, Yes. Then she can have that face to face with someone over yes. a table. It can and it's, be a veiled it's a calm, threat. Yeah, it's a very yes. calm, very measured delivery, not screaming into the void. Yes. Um, and yeah, just absolutely terrible. Awful, awful stuff. And just, again, a clear misunderstanding of how this scene needs to work uh, and yeah. how the tension needs to build and where this character needs to go. Very unfortunate again exposes their attitude towards women um but not only that it's not though it's by um, no means the worst they've been though so no absolutely not i mean the thing is as well there's a way to do this sequence there's a couple of scenes um split up between now and the end of the episode the way to do this is you don't have her fucking talking and shouting at people who aren't there you do it all with noise and with reactions and responses mm -hmm. you build and you build and you build because you know something's going to happen but nothing happens and something's going to happen but nothing happens and you keep on with that and you keep turning up and turning up and turning up until the point where you're thinking fuck me just do something already and yeah. then either something happens or we cut away 
and just really frustrate the audience to a point where they want to go back and see where you go next. And you can do that. Now, that's the way you do this sequence. You don't have her running around screaming and banging doors. No, uh, it's yeah, it's, it's a bit unfortunate to say the least. Um, but yeah, we do cut away as you say. We cut away and we cut back. Um, and the place we cut away to here, we cut over to Arya, who again suddenly now has purpose and a mission. We get yes. this whole Valamogulis exchange. Um, and and this is really exciting stuff now. Arya's off now. She's complete opposite to Daenerys, where we've said she's just run around in Karth for the season and gone nowhere. Arya's arc has slowly built this yes. season. She's she's picked up the skills that she needs. She's picked up the contacts that she needs. And now here's her mission. We we yeah. you know we get to the point where she has a mission given now. Um, and here it is. You know here's here's it wrapped in in mystery, albeit you know we're. Where he says, you know, you you can find me if if you ever want to follow this path or something along those words. Yeah. But she has purpose now. She has somewhere to go. Um, all of a sudden, here we have a storyline with momentum, which is yeah. a rare fucking thing in this show. Um, well, yeah, outside right. of John, at the moment, <laughs> there seems to be no momentum for anyone else. No, everyone um, everyone seems to have gone. Oh, it's the end of the season. We can we can stop now. Yeah, and but all of a sudden, round to a halt. This has real forward momentum. It's exciting. Yeah. Um, and it's just got this kind of air of mystery and adventure to it. You know, where's, yeah. where's she going to go? What does it mean? What's she going to do? It's, it's good. I'm oh, excited yeah. by I mean, it. I, I remember from my first watch of the show, so I, I binged seasons one through four um, and then had to wait like a circle like everybody else. Um, but I remember this being one of the most intriguing storylines for me. I, I liked Arya anyway. I thought Maisie Williams was brilliant. And I thought the character came along far better than most others and what happens over the course of the next season is quite frustrating at times um because it just it feels like it gets in the way of her mission and then like we you know, we've 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 alluded to the fact that uh, some choices weren't necessarily great um when she goes on her mission but largely it pays off um but yeah up until this point I, i'm really excited about what happens next and i, I think you're right i think there's there's a genuine desire now there's genuine momentum there's desire to see what happens and how it goes yeah and i think unfortunately when we get in season three the fact that she's turned him down said and i've i need to find my, my my brother and my mother and my sister no, there's again there's that hint that actually yeah i was blaming sansa because she was there and she didn't do anything but then again i was there and i didn't do anything so she's come to realize that actually sansa isn't really at fault for ned's death as yeah. much as everybody else is um and so again there's a, a nice bit of realization there where she's actually she's had that time to reflect and not many characters do reflect properly. And I think that this is one of the things that written up because she's she's a stupid young girl. She has no she doesn't have the right to do it, whereas the older characters who should be doing that don't do it. So I mean it, yeah. it's it it's a really good place to leave her. And I think that it's frustrating that she doesn't go with um Jake and Hagar anyway. Um and obviously she, you know, maybe they said that for him to find her uh, her to find him later on. Um but yeah, I think there's so much more to this storyline than can than will necessarily be done. Um, mm. But at this point, it was a very it was a very good point to leave her. I, I, when I went from season two to season three, I think I had about a couple of days difference. Um, but yeah, it was a case of right. I want to get back to that because I want to see what happens next with Arya. Yeah, yeah. No, it's certainly the, the story that I'm most excited about at this point in the episode. Yeah. Um, then we cut back to the Maester, um, and and he earns his death here. Lewin earns his yes. death. He, he becomes a true kind of mentor slash mission giver here. Yes. So again, just like Arya's got a mission, now so does Bran. 
Um, and that's good too. This will, of course, turn into the worst and most boring storyline. But at least here, <laughs> yeah, it's starting to look like something. Yeah. We're starting to get. It, it almost feels like these first two seasons have been our act one of some kind of grander arc. And all yeah. of a sudden now, people are being dispatched off on their quests. Yeah. Um, and, and Lewin earns his death here as that mission giver. But I still don't really know why he needed to die. No. I don't think his death is necessary at all. No, uh, and, and the manner of his death as well. I mean, the fact that he's he's mortally wounded and is going to bleed to death under that tree anyway. So then he sends um, Holder off with the kids. Not sure that's a good idea, but, you know, anyway. Um, and he makes Osha kill him quickly. You're going to fucking yeah. die anyway, mate. What's the point? What's the point? Yeah, I, I don't know why he needs to die. But... Just put blood on her hands for no reason whatsoever. Yeah, but again, you know, good stuff. Bran gets his mission. You know, I said earlier on, Joffrey's gone all uh, Oprah. It's, it's more like Benioff and Weiss all of a sudden have just gone all Oprah. You get a mission, and you get a mission, and you get a mission, and you have a purpose, and you have a purpose. Finally, it's taken two fucking years and 20 episodes, but finally, some people have a purpose. Um, I don't know why it had to take that long. But, no, and, and as you said, I, I, I don't get why Lewin had to die either. It seems entirely pointless. Yeah, but there you go. Hey-ho, that's what yeah. it is. don't know why uh, I'm surprised by these things anymore. No, I, on to the big scenes, I guess, then. Yes. On to, on to Danny's visions. Yeah. Um, much talked about in, in the wake of season eight as well. Yeah. Um, okay, look, here's the thing. Danny walking through the snow-covered throne room and stuff, it looks great. It's got this real nice foreboding atmosphere to yeah. it. Now, there's you know, no way this wasn't lifted directly from the fucking box either. No, no, clearly. You know, the place is a mess. The ceiling's all caved in. Yeah, uh, it, no, the, the, the throne room is destroyed, as it largely is. Dragons screaming off in the distance. Yeah. You know, it's, it's great. And look, there is no part of this that you... You just can't get to the end of season eight and say that it wasn't there all along. No, it's, this is it. This and is I mean, the most blatant reveal to you. It's here. Everything is here. It, it, it is. And I mean, like, obviously, it's difficult now to say what I'm about to say without spoiling the ending. So if, if you haven't seen the end of season eight, A, why the fuck are you listening to us? But B, close your ears for about 10 seconds, go put the kettle on or something. She, it's there's okay, a okay, very wait, 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 wait. We'll just give people a chance to fast forward. Um, let's go for what 10 seconds then? Yeah, cool. Okay, uh, skip 10 seconds in five, four, three, two, one. Yeah, so there's a very obvious bit where she you know she's in the throne room, and the throne's covered in snow, and she goes to it, she goes to put a hand on the iron throne, and then she's pulled back by the, the sound of the dragon screaming and all the rest of it. And it's so fucking it's it, it's a very heavy handed metaphor of the sun, it's so close but so far sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And they're going to hammer that later on. And again, this this whole scene might as well be the fucking last last episode. It's, yeah, it's right there. Yeah, symbolically, I, it's right there. And I think people are probably back now. I think they probably are. I think you did very well actually to avoid spoilers. So even if they came back a bit early or you ran on too long, I think you're safe. Um, but yeah, symbolically, it's all there. And I agree, this must have been lifted from the book. But it's well handled. It looks great. Yes. Um, it's good. It's good. 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 Good stuff. Um. As you say, it's difficult to talk about it in detail without getting into season eight. So I guess we'll we'll throw back to this in God knows how long. Uh, but when we get to the end, four episodes or something. When like we that. get to the end of season eight, we'll we'll throw back and discuss all of this then. But it's it's all. And, and, and if we don't, listeners, please email us and let us know because we'll have forgotten. We will because I'll have stuff to say about it. Um, 
So then we move into the next vision, and it's fucking Aquaman. Yeah. Ray. Um, Aquaman with the hairiest fucking, oh, the non-hairiest hairy kid I've ever seen. Because yeah. there's no way at that age that kid would have that fucking mop of hair. No. Um, it's nice no to see way. Aquaman back, though. Yeah. You know, freaky kid aside. Yeah. Um, and again, some, you know, some, the dialogue isn't entirely befitting of him, but again, it's, it's her construct of him, so it kind of fits, I guess. But Now, yeah, but, but here's the thing, okay? For all we've just said about the scene that precedes this, yeah. then throwing this in suggests to me that the whole idea here is is Danny's going through a kind of temptation trial sort of thing. Like, here's yeah. everything you want. Here's the Iron Throne. You can have that if you let us have your dragons. Yeah. Here's here's Drogo. You can have him back. You can be happy with him here. Just just let us kill you. You can you can see him in the afterlife. You can have all of this. You can be a queen. Yeah. You can get throne. You can have Drogo. Right now, if it's that, if it's meant to be temptation, then it completely devalues the earlier premonition of the throne because then that's not a premonition. Yeah. That is kind of temptation is just showing her what she wants yeah exactly and yeah it's i i hadn't really thought of it in, in in that context the other part of it as well actually where again it's a nice bit of um a nice bit of uh premonition where she goes through the gate in the wall yeah and out into the snow and then she finds the tent and when she goes into the tent she's back in the desert and yeah okay it's all fucked up and you know, geographically nonsense and shit like that but again it's there's some nice touches like that but it just yeah you're right it does when you think about it in that context it doesn't make any sense because it's one thing or the other. It can't be both. Can't be both. No, and I, it's definitely meant to be temptation here, I think, rather than premonition. Because why would they be showing a premonition? She's a threat to them. Well, yeah, yeah. and and not only that. I mean, it, yeah, it's, as I say, it can't be premonition because Ackerman's already dead. But the whole thing, if it's supposed to be a temptation, it's not handled very well. He doesn't try to persuade it to stay. No. At no point does he say, you know what? I'm here. I'm not going anywhere. You can know. If you stay with me... We'll have we'll have this life that we you know that we thought we were robbed of. Everything will be okay. We'll you know our son will grow and all the rest of it, and we'll you know we will be together. And then that makes her choice and her turning around and leaving that much more difficult. But as it is, he says some words, makes her laugh, and then she fucks off. It's strange, isn't it? Because it's neither one thing or the other. It's almost like they didn't know what they wanted it to be. Um... And and again, it's I mean, as a sequence, it's probably lifted from the book, but it just seems a little bit. Well, I think perhaps, I mean, I, I certainly think it's lifted from the book. And I think perhaps this now is a, is a prime example, knowing what we know now, you know, of them saying that they, they don't understand themes and they don't understand narrative structure. And this is almost a perfect example of it. They've read some imagery in the book, which they've thought is quite clever. Yeah. But they've not understood why or what purpose it serves. Yeah. So they've just thrown it in there and it's and lost probably, all of its value. Yeah. And they've probably cherry picked dialogue that sounds good. Yes. Um, or they've cut they've they've cut bits out of a scene, not realizing that they've cut the important lines. Yeah. So I don't know. Something's weird about it. Yeah. Something's I mean, weird it, about it. I'm not it, sure how I very, feel about it. It's all very visually arresting. I'm 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 really happy with it visually, but I yeah, you're right. It just I'm really happy with it if we disjointed. follow the premonition line as well. Yeah. But I just can't help but feel that that's but, not yeah. what it's meant to be. Well, that's it. Because if it's a premonition, Aquaman can't be there because he's dead. Exactly. So it's, yeah, you're you're right. It's it's just a bit muddled, really, isn't it? It is. It's a total clusterfuck, to be fair, uh, and that carries on through into the next scene as well, which had the potential to be exciting and exhilarating and totally badass for Danny, but instead they decide to throw in a comedy beat. Yes, 
Annoyed now, the living fuck out of me. Me too. Now, here's the thing. If we hadn't have had all the, whether it's premonition or whether it's temptation, whatever that stuff was, if we hadn't have had all of that and we'd have stayed in with the earlier stuff tight in the caverns with the, with the suggested horror and we'd got yeah. rid of the noises outside and we'd ratcheted that tension up, just like we were talking about last week with Blackwater, like, yes, you need a comedic beat to release that. But we don't need it here because we've cut away to other scenes. Yeah. And when we've come back, she's in these kind of fantasy worlds. So there's no there's no real tension there that needs releasing. Um, and it's a shame because it's actually, you know, it's pretty fucking badass when she's there with the dragons. And again, it's a nice payoff to what's been going on this season. You know, she's been training the dragons. We've seen her in earlier episodes training Dracaris with the little bits yeah. of meat so we we know we have this information we know what's coming yeah. and as a payoff that would have been totally badass if the little baby dragon had just suddenly fucking melted the warlock's fucking face yeah you know and she just eyeballed him straight away just bore straight into him and just said dracaris and no comedy beat no puff of smoke just yeah. fucking yeah ice the guy and i mean not only that i mean the fucking cgi fire was terrible yeah, I'll forgive it that. But... It, it's one of those. It seems it seems to be very badly done in general. I remember there's an episode of, in the last season of Buffy where they blow up the council, um, and again the explosion in that. It's, it's like they've, either got, yeah. they've either got the color palette wrong or they've got the opacity wrong because you can see through the fucking fire. Yeah, that and is this terrible. one again, this one just kind of felt the same. It just felt like they'd gone. Oh, I need a fire effect. I'll, we're not going to spend any money on it. We've, we'll use one of the presets in uh, in in Avid or whatever they developed. They that edited on that'll do. And it kind of went with it. And it, yeah, just, that bugged me as well. But yeah, the whole comedy beat just pissed me off because, as I said, they, they've done so much with this with these sequences to build up and build up and build up. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh yeah, okay, fine. Dragons have a hiccup. Brilliant. Yeah, they, they step on their own point. They, I feel like this really could have pushed Danny over the edge for the season yeah. as well. It could have been, like, okay, yeah, we did get somewhere. And actually we did, you know, she did learn how to control the dragons. Um but you completely devalue your own point by making fun of yourselves here. Yes. This is yeah, not the absolutely. time or place for it. It's totally wrong, tonally. Um, it's really unfortunate because otherwise all of this card stuff's been pretty fucking excellent. Um, yeah. If we decide what the visions slash temptations are. Yeah. Um, but, you know, that that is unfortunate. Also, um, spoilers for season seven of Buffy. Um, it's, it's a 20-year-old show. Sorry, yeah, um, but yeah, um, but yeah, it, it's it, it is a shame. And so the, the the rest of the stuff we have in Carth as well, I quite liked. Um, whereby we find out um, Zaro come watch his fucking face is uh, uh, is actually broke. So this whole thing about being the richest man in in Carth and all the rest that's all bollocks. And again, Danny gets a nice fucking vengeful, scornful murder under her belt, where she takes him and her former handmaiden and locks them in an empty vault to starve to death. Yeah, I mean, actually, that's that's in a couple of scenes' time, but yeah, oh, we can sorry. cover that now and, and cut. But no, it's fine. We can cover that now and 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 cut back. Um, but yeah, Danny taking her revenge. Um, she just grows that little bit further towards this kind of, as I say, this fearless warlord yeah. that that she will become. You know, and at at this point, at the end of this season, at the end of this episode, she has literally conquered Karth. She's yeah. just taken it by force. 
Well, now, yeah, I mean, it doesn't, doesn't seem that impressive because she's done it on her own with three little dragons, but she has just forcefully taken Karth. Well, I mean, to be fair, she hasn't, she hasn't. It's kind of like what will happen to Winterfell in the next series, whereby Theon took it and then somebody takes it from him. And like same as in here, Zaro took Karth and then she took it from him. So she, mm-hmm. so he did all the hard work by killing the other other eleven of the thirteen, and then she just killed the last two. But she still did it, and she but, did it with blood, with yes. with literally with blood fire and, fire, and yeah. blood. Yeah, funny again, that. Yeah. So you know, there we are again, folks. Oh, nice to be fair, she she did warn them in like episode six. That's what was coming. She did. She did. Can't say she wasn't fair. So there you go. Um, so, so that yeah, we we've sort of jumped a few scenes. Sorry, together, but that, that's that's where Danny ends up here. Um, yeah, and, and the Dothraki get to loot. The Dothraki get to loot the house they wanted to loot in the first place. Yeah. So that was quite nice for them as well. They get a nice little moment. But you know, ultimately, other than conquering Karth and learning how to train her dragons, um, she hasn't really grown that much this season no. at all. Um, she's kind of she has just meandered to this point. It almost feels like she's gone full circle. You know, she started the season with kind of no purpose and nowhere to go. You know, she just needed to find some way to to set down roots. Yeah. Um, she did. They took her dragons. She killed them all. So now yeah, she's kind of back to square one. one. Where does she go now? Mm-hmm. So that that's Danny's story. Um, but enough about her because finally. Fucking finally, right at the end of the episode, we get to the good stuff. Here's yeah. John and Egret. And straight away, as soon as we're into this scene, her bashing him over the head with the sword. Yes. With every step. It's fucking hilarious. Yes. It, 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 she's just deliberately being as annoying as she can possibly be. Yeah. Ah, oh, she's so good. She's such a good character. It just she brightens every single episode that she's in. She really does. Yeah. Um, um but again, this this scene. I mean, we last time we saw these guys, um, half hands have convinced John very, no, very quickly without explaining what the fucking plan is that he needs to you know, get inside Mance's camp and you know, it'd be good to have a spy in the camp and all the rest of it. At some point, there's something unspoken in this one where they decide that in order to achieve this, probably he has to kill him. Yeah, it's a bit. How the fuck did he get weird. to that point? It it is because... a bit weird, but yeah, just just quickly before we get to that, just to pick up on it as well. Um, just to briefly swing back around to John and Egret's relationship and then we move on for it. I do just also want to point out that they are now starting to grow as well as, as a yeah. couple. We've had the thing with her beating him, but now he's giving it back to her as well. Yeah. He sort of turns it back around her and says, you're like a baby with a rattle. Yeah. And they start having an actual squabble here. Yeah. Um. So, so that relationship is clearly growing before this fight even happens. These two are clearly entrenched now. Yes, you know they they are they are an item by this point. Um, you you definitely get the impression that he's now affectionately ribbing her back. Yeah. Um, so so that happens. But yeah, then there's this kind of they just start fucking fighting out of nowhere. Yeah. It, uh, it's, it's out of nowhere, and again, like you get this whole thing where half hands goading him, or did you 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 trade you trade the father teach that or was your whole mother and all this stuff, and then there's this really you know. Considering they're both tied up, it's quite a vicious fight. There's headbutts and all sorts of shit going on. But at what point does John snap and go, fuck you, I'm going to kill you? It's a bit much, isn't it? It comes from... No, and again, it's, it's, it's talk, cold-blooded murder that's as well. It. We, we, we talk about character beats and we talk about missteps with character. This, for me, is a massive one because that's not John. John doesn't do that. He, no, yes, I, he has a temper. Yes, he has no, he has buttons to push and obviously no, half-hand knows what they are. 
he's not a cold-blooded killer. He would knock him on his ass. Yeah, and it, knock it the also... sword to his throat and tell him to stay down. But he, he doesn't stab him through the fucking gut. No, and, and it also actually steps on the scene because, of course, the whole idea is that the wildlings then accept John. But they accept him so quickly based on what is just an act of murder. If yeah. if John had, had sort of got him on his knees and he was goading John and John was like, look, just shut up. I don't want to kill you. You know, if, they, if the wildlings could see there was a conscious choice made yeah. of like, no, that's enough. I'm going to kill you and go with these guys. Then I could understand that they would then trust him. But this is nothing but defense essentially this isn't premeditated no. this is just he runs him through yeah this this is you're in a bar fight and you hit somebody over there with a ball no this yeah. is there's no planning here this is not a reason to suddenly think that somebody has changed their entire character no and their entire world and taken to manse no, this is not, not at all it, yeah this, this that whole thing just doesn't work for me at all no um, and, and it's, it's unfortunate because as you said the the way that um John and Egret are, are developing the way that that storyline is moving. It seems to be working quite well, but then that just kind of pisses on it a bit for me. Yeah, it's just it's it's an unfortunate narrative step. Um, I I don't hate it so much that it ruins the storyline for me. I no, understand it's... that it's an it's a necessity. That beat is a necessity. I just think again, mishandled handled very poorly it's completely yeah. mishandled i think that's that's the problem with it we, for me we, is that it's it takes john completely off uh, completely totally out of his does. character totally just just like with Tyrion earlier where yeah. he wouldn't leave king's landing this is totally out of character um it doesn't land as a beat at all no but just like the thing with Tyrion as well it kind of gets us where we need to go so well, i mean i think that's begrudgingly that's going okay that's and why it, it bugs me. Be, that's why it bugs me because it's just like again we talked earlier on that they didn't know how to get from A to B. Yeah. So, so they kind of took it. Yeah. They took a detour via Z. Yes. Like, ah, what? Well, hang on. That's just a and, too and big, the, too big a fucking leap. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, I, no. And the thing is, like, you can absolutely get to A to B via this route. John can kill him. That. Yeah. It's fine. This is um, I've no problem with that as a beat. I think that's actually the way to go with it. That's fine. It's but, just yeah, the, the way it's been handled because we've spent. So much time every fucking where else this episode, seeing stuff that we don't necessarily need to see. Yeah, and we didn't see them last week either. So we haven't seen these like two and a half episodes at this point. Yeah, exactly. So it just seems to come out of nowhere. And more than anything, there at least needed to be some sort of look of recognition between the two of them so that yeah. he could say, John, it's okay. You need to do this. Yeah. And that's a simple shot. Yeah. Eye line to eye line, match them. That's it. They just need to share a look of like, it's okay. I get it. This is the plan. Yeah. And then John can have a big showy gesture and call him all the bastards and the son for what he's been saying about his father or whatever, yeah. run him through. And then it feels earned. And then it feels like he's consciously killing him. And then it feels like the wildlings would accept him. Yeah. But there's none of that. That just none doesn't happen. Forever. So no. again, this stuff's not difficult. Well, you think not, but apparently so. Yeah. Um, and so then obviously we go back to Danny, but we've talked about that already. So, we're then back with Sam uh, and the rest of the crows. And and this is nice. Three blows on the horn. Yeah. Uh, played for and got. Beautifully seeded earlier on in the season. Yeah. Absolutely played for and got. This scene is phenomenal. It gets me very excited. Because any time we see White Walkers, I'm happy. Yeah. And we it, don't it just a, see one or two. Fucking loads of them. Five. Couple of under it. But I, I, really, I really like to see them. There are two bits, uh, two bits that stood out for me, but both with Sam. 
where he's scrambling because he's falling on his face and he's trying to get behind the rock. If he pulls his his cloak over himself, he looks like the fucking rock. Yeah. Like, literally, he could have just blended in and been another rock that had gone around him and not seen him. The second part, he's hiding behind the rock, and he looks the guy, the, the White Walker commander and the rest of the Whites, dead in the eyes. And he gets yeah. acknowledged. The guy looks back and then shrieks and sends him forwards towards the wall. But he is doesn't. he a fucking T-Rex? Ah, no, but he doesn't. This is the thing. This is just another one of those things that's very poorly shot. I said there were several, and this is the worst example of that. When it cuts back to the wide, he's still behind the rock, behind Sam. That eye line doesn't match at all. They did not look at each other. Oh, for fuck's sake. It is just very poorly shot to suggest that. That yeah, white that was... is just surveying his surroundings. Because but... that confused the piss out of me. Because, it's I was like, because their the... eye lines match. Yeah. But because it, it because there's there's a direct cut between them and their eye lines match, narratively, and, you know, it's right, we've been conditioned to think of things this way over generations. Narratively, we think they're looking at each other. But when it cuts back to the wide, they're not. They haven't seen Sam. They're walking around him. Okay, that's fine, but... Again, I say we've been conditioned that for generations, but that's there's no way that's a deliberate choice by these fucking idiots. Oh no, no, absolutely not. I'm not this defending it. I'm not defending this is, it. This it's is terrible. It's terrible. But well, I that did the same that makes, thing. I had to that watch makes a lot it more sense because I was like, "Hang on a minute, he's just seen him. He looked him dead in the eye, and that's the bit yeah. that really confused me. Doesn't because doesn't unless he's a T Rex and he needs movement." That yeah. made no sense whatsoever. No, he, he doesn't see him. But that doesn't explain how once they've walked past the rock, they don't see Sam. Well, if, if they don't look back, you know, then maybe they won't. But Yeah. But yeah, it just didn't make any sense. Very, um, very confusing, very poor. Um, yeah. But again, what comes after that way, you, know, you see dozens, if not hundreds of whites converging at this point, and you can see the wall in the distance. Fucking A. I love great. that. This is the show I want. This is, what show... we, this is what we needed. This is what was teased yeah. from that very first scene in the very first episode. Yeah, White and... walkers, things that can't be killed. And you see them walking around with axes in their heads and shit like that, and them shuffling along the horse with all the fucking mangy face and the skin hanging off. Awesome. Absolutely beautifully done. Um, not beautiful to look awesome. at, but beautifully done. This is the show that when I saw that first scene, that's what I wanted. Yeah, me too. This is the show I was expecting. This is what I want. For me, this show gets like immensely more interesting immediately as soon as they show up and we get this yeah. like i'm pumped now i want to go like i and this is the unfortunate thing is because there's part of me that's excited now and i want to steam into season three but then i know this goes fucking nowhere so <laughs> if i hadn't yeah. already watched the show and knew that though i'd be super excited for oh, the yeah. next season. I mean, what we what we've done in again we did it in the last season as well is that we had the the big finale in episode nine. So then episode 10 is kind of like, okay, well let's, let's just go back and we'll tell you everything we've done. Just remind you in case you're that fucking stupid. You can't remember last week. We'll just tell you what's happened. And then we'll just, we'll just kind of go a bit too far and start season the next season rather than just setting it up rather than seeding it. They've started the next fucking arc. Yes, they have. Yeah. They've done exactly the same thing. This, this ends like it should have been the first episode of season three, not the last of season two. Yeah. Um, it is... I've got a feeling they do it again as well. I think they do it in season three as well. After that, I'm not sure they keep on doing it, but I think they certainly do it again in season three. Yeah, no, they, they do it continually. Um, and, and yeah, that, that's as good a point as any to kind of sum up. It is. It is I've got half a page written here, so I'll, I'll summarize. But it, it is another fucking weird finale. We just kind of stumble to a finish 
uh, yeah. for King's Landing earlier on. Like we, we kind of did it last week. So they just kind of stumbled to this finish and then set off on this whistle stop tour again, tying up everyone else's yeah. arc. Um, and just why, why, why do that? Why not just tie up King's Landing last week and be done with it? Yeah. And then this week, focus on everything else. Wrap up Arya, John, and Theon this week. Yeah, because not only that, I mean, yeah, I mean, you, things. You, if, if you leave it at that, you say, right, we, we finished King's Landing last week, so we know that Stan is lost, mm-hmm. and and the uh, Lannisters, Baratheon, whatever the fuck they are, they won. Great, fantastic. Theon, uh, sorry, not Theon. Tyrion was injured. Let's leave that. Leave people hanging. No, bit of suspense, bit of drama. Let's, yeah. we don't need to. We can come back to that. The start of the next season. Yeah. And that's fine. We can see the horse shitting on the floor next season if you want to. Now, it's, it's a very, oh, it's it's a horrible image, but it's an image that is memorable. Start the fucking episode with that if you want to next time out. Don't. It's just again, it's the sequencing and the the way they've put this together is all to cock. It really is. It is. Yeah, it is. Um, it, it could have been handled so much better. But having said that, there is some really genuinely good fucking stuff in this episode from a narrative perspective. I mean, I suspect. The vast majority of it has been ripped directly from the books. Yeah, I'd imagine so. There is some good stuff here. Like I say, Arya's now got purpose. Bran's got purpose. Jon's story's moving on. Danny's taking control of Karth now and had the best episode she's had all season. You know, it's, it's moving on. You know, overall, by and large, season two has been vastly superior to season one. And yeah. I think this is a better season finale than season one's. Yeah, but it's still not. It's just not a season finale. No, <laughs> it's still not what it should be. But no. all in all, I think it's a it's a seven out of ten. This episode, I think there is yeah. some very very good stuff, and there is some very very poor stuff. So it's kind yeah. of a mid tier episode. Yeah, I, th- I think the good outweigh the bad. Um, whereas like last week was, I say, possibly the best episode of the twenty so far. Um, I don't say possibly it is. Um, it is yeah. But this is no, this is better than most, I'd say. Yeah, as, as, as an episode on its own, this, there's enough in this one to re- to carry it through. Some of the problems we've talked about um, are minor, and they're certainly no, they're certainly not the dirge we had toward, no, towards the uh, ramping up towards no, Ned being beheaded last season, um, and so the bilge we had in the middle of this season. Um, yeah, this is a this is a solid episode, and as you said, I'm I'm now looking at thinking we, we're going to have a couple of weeks off over Christmas and stuff, but I've got season three ready to go, so I might just fucking carry on and then watch it again in a couple of weeks' time, um, because I'm quite excited to see it now. I want I, I, I want to go back to it and see what see what happens next. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm quite excited to move on as well. Um, I need to pick up the season three Blu-rays, but I'm excited to do so. Um, overall, as a season, as I say, I think season two was immensely superior to season one yeah definitely. i think this this is far closer now to the show that i remember really really liking for a brief period of time and and part of that is because of stuff that gets seeded here we've been introduced to my favorite character outside of john as i've told you every single episode that she's appeared in i'm yeah. sorry if you're sick of hearing how much i love egret so um, last forever. no um so you know that's that's good. We get plenty of good stuff at King's Landing, as opposed to all of the sort of stupid Sherlock Stark stuff that was really grinding on us towards yeah. the end of last season. It's all good here. It's all power play, but it's interesting power play. Yeah. So that's all good. 
Um, yeah, in general, you know, we we ended up with some more White Walkers. That's good. Theon yeah. gets his comeuppance. That's good. You know, in general, this season has been vastly superior. I think some of the bad has been very bad, um, but some of the good has been exceptional too. Blackwater is excellent. Yeah, start and to finish, I, pretty much. Yeah. I mean, I think that I mean we've we've. We've ragged on quite a lot of aspects of the show, particularly the writing um, and some of the choices, um, which we now understand a bit more because of the you know, the, um, the the panel they did at the film festival and stuff like that. We, we can it, it explains an awful lot as to how things went the way they went. Um, the some of the cultural aspects in terms of the production are still largely unforgivable, and I think that just the way you know, I think after this point the level of gratuitous tits dies down i think the the level of what um, what's been dubbed sex position eases off because actually i don't know whether it was the backlash to it or whether the fact that there was an actual story to tell that didn't involve fisting hookers um it, it just kind of eases off a bit to a point where it's easy to forget as you go through so season six into season seven that that even happened during the show because yeah. it more or less goes away there's be, still been far too much of it in the show and i think we've been quite vocal about that um and yeah it's just one of those that it's a better season than last season but there are still problems with it i'm 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 waiting for the point where it we get where we get to so at that point where i can say look i don't mind the show i'm not watching it thinking what the fuck they're going to do wrong this week what no how's it going how are they going to cock it up this time and that's because when i watched it first time yes i had problems coming through especially sort of season six seven and eight but by and large, I enjoyed watching it. And it was it was a show that I was a fan of. And then doing the rewatch, I'm just it's it's far too easy to be negative, and I'm trying to get away from that. And I'm hoping that from season three onwards, that's going to be the case where we can start being a bit more constructive and a bit more positive about things. I hope so. I have a very muddled memory of season three. Um, there are some events that I think happened in season three that may not. Um, there are some that I definitely know happened in season three. Um, but yeah, I have quite a, I think three and four specifically kind of merge into yes. one for me for some reason. So it'll be interesting to see just how much of season three I remember. Some of the stuff that I do remember, I, I'm going to take huge issue with. So if that is season three, you can look forward to that. This show's <laughs> definitely going to earn its title. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But then there's also some really good stuff as well. And one of, I think one of my favorite episodes crops up, but I've got a feeling that season four rather than three, but we'll see as we go through. Um, yeah, we're going to take a short break as we did at the end of season one. So we could recharge our batteries a bit, but then, yeah, we'll, we'll dive back into it. And I think we'll dive into it coming from a, from a far more positive position than we were yeah, when I think we started so. season two after season one. I, I think it's fair to say the show's won us back slightly here. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I as I, I talked to um, a couple of people who listened, and they were quite shocked how negative and how down we were by the end of the last season. Or maybe not the last episode. The last episode picked up a bit, but certainly sort of 1.7, 1.8, how... I mean, I, I was thinking we were going to struggle to get through the, to the end of the season, let alone another seven after that. It was um, hard. It, it was, was hard. hard. Uh -huh. Yeah. And uh, like obviously we're, no, we we record a couple of days in advance of when it gets released, so no, people are behind us all the time. But the general consensus has been that this has been a lot more. This, this has been a lot more enjoyable for people to listen to because we've enjoyed watching it more. And I think yeah. that's that's yeah. sort of told. And I think that for me, as I, I agree, it's been a far better season than season one. Um, there are still lots and lots of problems, and I think that 
the problems we've had will by and large peter out and be replaced with new problems um which will come more to the fact that they're writing shit that no fucker no fucker on the staff can remember so when you get to the end and they haven't done it they just go oh well never mind yes um and i, I did read um oh, I, I i've read this before but i read it again today um which um it's something that hasn't come up in the show yet so we won't, i will talk about we'll talk about it off air but people are now trying to almost shoehorn things that weren't wrapped up into the theories that weren't followed up or um prophecies and uh things that yeah, weren't tallied up too. so yeah. they're trying to shoehorn other things into that just to make it fit and trying to, to try and justify certain characters actions and it's so fucking frustrating because unfortunately the more people do that and the more they try and defend and the more they try and justify the more the more slack people will let the showrunners get away with the more they, the more slack they'll give them or they'll cut them because oh well yeah that meant that and the Anybody worth their salt, if they if they fucked up that badly and forgotten about things they've included in the show, they haven't bothered tying up. Somebody gives you an out, you're going to take that out. Yeah, and it's fucking frustrating because people are going to give them so many passes, and they'll go, yeah, yeah, that's exactly what we meant. Of course it is. And yeah, it's just fucking just give them an easy ride. Yeah, and we really shouldn't, uh, and we won't. Don't worry. No, we won't. Otherwise, there's no point in doing the show, is there? No, it's called Game of Moans for a reason. Absolutely. If you hadn't guessed after twenty episodes, we moan a lot. Uh, yeah, just a bit. But Strap yeah. yourselves in, seriously, because I still haven't hit the, my real issues with this show yet. No, my, it or not. My, my big red button hasn't been pressed yet. When I hit that, things are going to go south. Yeah, it's coming. It's coming. Yeah, um, Just like winter, it's coming. Well, is it, though? Because no fuckers mentioned it this season. No, not I think, I think I think Kat mentioned it, didn't she, when uh, when she, she got in, they in are between soldiers Renly and... Summer and winter is coming. Yeah, I think that's the only time... The worst line in the show thus far, probably. Well, no, 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 clearly no, not, not, because it's not as bad as play with her ass, is it? Uh, so, yeah. So, I mean, yeah, it's, again, it's, it's one of those, it's just unfulfilled promise, the winter is coming. Um, but, yeah, um, I think that's probably good, as good a point as any to leave it. Um, as always, if you've got any thoughts on what we've been talking about tonight or the season in general, please get in touch. Um, you can email us at gom at ddpodcast.net. Uh, you can find us on Facebook with the Double Down Podcast Network. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at ddpodcastnet. Um, you can go to our website, ddpodcast.net. Um, you find our previous episodes, our other shows, some partner shows. Um, have a listen. Uh, have a bit of a catch-up on some other stuff while, uh, while we're taking a break. Um, but yeah, until next time. Game over. Game over.